Today in the podcast, I talked to Greg Taylor of Case Status. Case Status is a platform that law firms can use to communicate with their clients better and more effectively. The superpower he talks about is reaching customers using social media and events and all kinds of other sort of omni-channel approaches uh, to cut through the noise that we all experience in everyday life, uh, just trying to get things in front of people. So it's a really interesting conversation, and let's get right to it. Hey there, today on the podcast, we have Greg Taylor from Case Status. He's the Vice President of Sales there. Greg, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, Michael, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Well, great. So uh, for starters, uh, for people that don't know about Case Status, I wonder if you could give us a little background about you know, when it was started and who you serve and, and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, thank you for asking, as they say. Um, so, yeah, so founded in 2017, um, you know, a startup here in the uh, local Charleston community. Um, also have an office in Birmingham, but again, founded in 2017 um, by actually a local uh, personal injury attorney here uh, in Charleston. And um, we serve the legal industry. So right now, uh you know, any law firm from a solo kind of single shingle law firm all the way up to um, some of the really, really large um, multiple office location law firms. Um, and we're essentially a client communication platform, and we um, keep the client connected to the law firm by helping uh, enable the opportunity to update their cases, see the status of their cases, um, have two-way communication between the client um, in our platform through our mobile application, um, and it also integrates with the law firm's case management system. Mm. So, you know, when you think about, you know, getting update on anything that's going on with your particular uh, law case, um, instead of having to make the call or relying on email or sending letters, you can access it all through uh, in our platform through the mobile application. That's fantastic. Um, you know, so I know you guys are sort of in startup and, and growth mode. And one of the things that you know we were talking about before that I can say for sure, everyone I know and everyone that, that uh, tracks the podcast is interested is how have how has sales uh, of, a, of a SaaS product been different? I'm, I'm sure it's been difficult, and so, but finding a way through. I'm curious for you, like what's what's been working over the last, let's say, 18 months, and even the last six months. Yeah, great question. So, you know, listen, I think everybody's kind of. Um gotten used to a lot of the virtual stuff that happens, whether it's, you know, WebEx or Teams or Zoom and kind of, you know, doing that kind of sales engagement piece through that, you know, through that that platform, uh, a lot of those virtual meetings. But, you know, what we found is that um, being able to have some fun with it, like being able to invite a cross-section of either our users or interested prospects and having some fun with it, whether it's, you know, a wine tasting event virtually where we spend some time and go through some wine tasting or uh, and kind of introduce the product and do some Q&A, right? Or, you know, chocolate tasting is another one that we've done. Uh, we've done some bingo stuff. Um, and, you know, I think that both customers and prospects really enjoy that opportunity, um, especially since there isn't a lot of social interaction or hasn't been over the last several months. Um, we've also found that, like, kind of having an omni-channel communication with our customer prospects, so more than just, you know, a podcast or a perfect example, right, being able to relay knowledge and um, insight on some of the things, whether it's you know, recent recent updates to the platform or kind of what's going on from thought leadership in the industry, um, doing it through podcasts and our blogs and, you know, really having, we've got a Facebook page, right, that right. really being able to deliver those messages and that content um, and kind of that personalization as well. 
um, through various channels and um, doing our best to be personal when we yeah. have the opportunity to meet with uh, customers and prospects. You know, and, and it may not, I don't think it's rocket science, but I do think there's a little bit of an art and science to being able to do that for the customers and prospects and making them feel like, yeah. you know, you know how it is. You could spend every day back to back on a Zoom call. So trying to make it interesting and fun and lively and get them engaged, I think that's been really, really helpful for us. Yeah. You know, one thing she said I thought is really interesting and probably is very powerful is getting your current customers involved with this. And I'm curious if you might share, you know, what's worked from the point of view of, getting customers to say, yes, I'll attend that thing and help you help really help you sell this thing. And then what are the kinds of things that they're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a great question. So, you know, typically what we'll do is we'll try and have some type of, you know, overall engagement strategy. I think, I think for the customer set, anytime that you can provide value or to what they're currently doing, like help them do what they're doing with our platform better, give them insight to how they can kind of best practice those pieces. Um, so anytime that you're able to add value to that customer um, in that meeting process has been really, really good. And again, sometimes, like I say, we'll have fun with it, like, you know, a virtual gift card through the Q&A session, right? Or, um, we'll offer, you know, a bag of swag to be delivered yeah. at home, right? Um, and sometimes what we'll do is we'll send out, you know, some books or um, uh, copies of what we're going to be talking about to their home address if they're comfortable at, at you know, mm. because because they're not in the office, right? So we'll send out a note and say, hey, listen, if you're comfortable sharing your home address with us, we'll send you the book that we're going to talk about, right, or the thought leadership piece or the white paper so that you guys can have time to review it in advance and we can talk about it and, and have a really effective Q&A. And oh, by the way, at the end... Um, We'll pull a number and see if someone has, you know, a hundred dollar hammer. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So um, again, just just really trying to add value to the customer set, and I feel like if you can do that, and you can be really prescriptive on the front end about how you do it, I think customers are all about attending, especially now, in the sense that they will make time in their day if you're adding value and helping them. You know, again, be more operationally efficient or grow their business. I think case status helps them do both. That's really good. And you know, another thing you touched on is uh, the idea of like a, an omni-channel approach. And I know uh, as I've talked to people, and even I've noticed for us that it's really easy to saturate one channel and just sort of overuse it. Yeah. And I know that uh, you know LinkedIn was really effective for a little while there, and then you know everyone turned to that, and you, know, you get nothing but solicitations nowadays. Right. And you have to kind of keep it varied. You, you know, you've got events and some other things. I'm curious, do you have any? kind of best practices or things you've learned that work really well in any of those channels or maybe how channels sort of play off each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I kind of look at it two ways and, you know, when I talk to my marketing team, um, we kind of think about it like this, uh, and I talk about personalizing the experience for the customer, right? Sometimes the prospect. And I feel like LinkedIn is business, right? We can do business type things through that channel, right? And I feel like the Facebook stuff, right, is uh, it's personal, right? Because think about it. When you check your Facebook page, right, you typically don't want to know about business. You're not going to download a white paper from your Facebook page, right? So what we what we have found is, is you know, for a lot of the business stuff that we're doing, right, um, we're really driving it through LinkedIn, right? And when we want a real personal touch, um, it's very light and it's very personal. We'll send some stuff through Facebook. And typically it's not business oriented. It's stuff like, hey, where we're involved in the local community and who we're helping. And, hey, you know, uh, if you're in Orlando, Florida, hey, you know, we've spent some time or donated to the, you know, central um, 
Second Harvest Food Bank down there. Or if you're yeah. in Charleston, you know, I'm on the Ronald McDonald House Charities Board and, as you know, Camp Happy Days, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talk about what we're doing in the local community and getting, you know, we work to see if we can get some of the law firms, customers, and prospects involved and kind of understand what they like to do outside of just business, right? So, I, I, guess, I guess in kind of, you know, a nutshell, it's really driving a lot of the business stuff through LinkedIn and then doing a lot of the personal touch stuff through the Facebook stuff or, yeah. um, you know, uh, some of the other channels, whether that's Instagram or some of the other things, right? Um, and we found that content is key, right? We kind of, you know, understand like what our customers and our prospects are interested in from industry news or thought leadership versus, you know, straight business stuff and tactical kind of X and O SaaS software. Sure, sure. It, you know, and uh, one of the things I was thinking about is, um, you know, as a SaaS product, have you learned anything about what's happening, for example, in the legal industry that's changed for them that either your product either suits right away or did you have to come back to your engineering team and say, hey, something's changed with our customers. We need to modify something. What's happening in that market that you've had to adapt? Yeah, to? No, I, I think that's a, a, that's a fantastic question. Um, you know, I think, I think from the inception and evolution of the product, we've always been able to identify a few key areas where we help the customer, right? And that is um, to really decrease and minimize um, staff time and workload, right? Because that client communication and being able to access our platform through the application really drives down the number of unnecessary inbound inquiries, right? The phone calls, the emails, trading letters, right? Hard copy documents, right? So that's an area that we've really... um, been able to uh, provide value around so the operational efficiency, but also helping them grow their firms. There is a really big piece of the platform that helps out with the referral process and driving Google reviews and some of the SEO optimization stuff that happens in that channel. Um, because all lawyers, yeah, all lawyers, because of a lot of the state and national bar rules or American bar rules, ABA, is they're not able to openly solicit. So being able to have an opportunity for them to have their current customers and satisfied customers rate them through our platform for Google and to drive those search results up and do those types of things has been really helpful or directly refer them from our platform. Hey, I've got a sister, cousin, aunt, uncle, need some help, push the button, and send that referral right to them through your cell phone. Um, so that's been great. And then also helping like, really build bigger, stronger cases. And what I mean by that is is the documentation around, you know, the treatment and the checklists and logging your appointments and making sure you're completing the things that you need. You can do it all through our platform, read those medical record documents. So those are really some of the key areas that we focus. But from an industry perspective, what we found now is that um, the law firms have typically been owned by a lawyer. Um, a lot of that demographic is uh, really starting to age out. The traditional yeah. lawyer. We have the people that are you know, 30 and 40 years old coming into law. And what they realize is two things. One is that we have to run this like a business. It's great that we can practice law and we're great lawyers. Yeah, sure. Listen, we're running a business here. These things are 5, 10, 15, 40 million some of the bigger ones, $100, $200 million of revenue, staffs of 100, 200, 300, 400 people. It's really a small, mid-sized business that they're running, right? So right. to kind of step back and understand the things that we need to do to run our business uh, effectively is using technology to, to enable that, right, in the various key areas, right? So that's one thing. And the other thing is, is 
you know, there's a lot of consolidation in the industry now, right? Um, you know, you think about, um, you know, Chicago and some of the mega lawyers or super lawyers that are in Chicago, yeah. see the billboards that, you know, have a brand and an identity that, uh, you know, are really focused around whether it's class action or PI or whatever it is. Um, those are who you think of first. And they have multiple offices in the city. And they probably have offices in Indiana, right? You know, Wisconsin, right? You know, Michigan, right? All over that kind of top Great Lakes area. And you're starting to see a lot of consolidation about around law firms, law firms looking to buy or purchase other law firms. Or, you know, some of the people saying, hey, listen, it's really hard to kind of do grassroots efforts. I'm going to go join a super lawyer or a mega lawyer firm because they're guaranteed to have the run rate of business that we need um, so that I can make money and that I can pursue my uh, career as a lawyer as well. So those are really two of the yeah. things we're starting to see in the industry. That's interesting. Well, I wonder, maybe just as a, like a, a final topic here, um, I'd love to hear from your point of view what, what's happening and what are you doing with Camp Happy Days? It's really interesting. Right Listen, now. Camp Happy Days is great. Um, like I, you know, uh, I have the opportunity to work with some really, really fantastic people. And um, Rosemary, as you know, uh, runs our development committee, and she's been fantastic with not only coming up with new ideas and new fundraising strategies, but really being able to get with the team and have them execute on them. So we've got some stuff coming up around. Um, uh, we have a local uh, team here called the River Dogs, and we're inviting 200 families out. Um, and uh, a lot of the uh, typical people that are uh, donate and fundraise, as well as the board and the staff, um, for that particular effort. And it's going to be really great. We'll have 300 people there representing Camp Happy yeah. Days. Um, we've got a legacy society that we're building on, um, uh, kind of the first start of a capital campaign for the new office. Um, and, uh, you know, there's always camp, right? The two-week camp where we bring all the kids in. You know, we're always doing um, an annual give for those two. So um, it's an exciting time at Camp Happy Days. New office, you know, some really yeah. cool fundraising and strategies and like really building on the success of the past camp. So yeah. Really excited to be a part of it. That's great. And and in your words, how would you describe what Camp Happy Days is? Um, I think in my words, I would probably say Camp Happy Days is a. Um, it's. It, I think it's probably best described as an opportunity for kids to be who they are, right? And put the time and thought of some of their, you know, really kind of conditions. I would say um, aside and just be a kid. Camp Happy Days lets him just be a happy kid. That's fantastic. Um, Hill, great. So thanks for, for joining me and telling us both about uh, uh, the, the company and the product and some Camp Happy Days stuff. I'll be sure to put some links uh, here in the description when we're done. But uh, thanks for joining and hope to talk to you again soon. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you, Michael. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. I know you can't like and subscribe to every podcast that you listen to, but if you do it for just one this week, I hope it's mine.